Not only does he know about everything you've been through in your life and everything you're going through now, but he understands it all too. He knows what it feels like to be discouraged, to be rejected, to feel like you're all alone, to face pain and suffering. That's why Jesus is the perfect one to take all your cares to. That's why he tells us, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Good afternoon, Grace Baptist Church. It's a blessing and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you this afternoon. We'd love to be there with you in person, but uh, we're not able to do that right now. But I'm thankful for the technology that we're able to meet like this, and, and I hope we'll be a blessing to you. Uh, the Lord has blessed us and given us the opportunity to be able to serve among the people of Paul First Nation, and it's a great privilege to be able to serve him in this community. Uh, I didn't know it, but my whole life God has been preparing me to serve him with First Nations people and to minister to First Nations people. And he has given both me and Sherry a love for the people of Paul First Nation over these last few years, and it's a joy to be able to serve him there. By the way, I couldn't do it without her. She does so much to help me with the ministry here, and uh, I'm so thankful for all that she does. Uh, we do a lot of funerals on Paul First Nation. We uh, Actually, that's the greatest ministry. We have the greatest outreach we have to the people here. We do a lot of funerals. And uh, so we were able to take the gospel to a lot of people that wouldn't come to church normally. And uh, so we're, we're thankful for the opportunity God has given us to share the gospel with the people here. And, and uh, we're looking forward to what he'll do in the future. This afternoon, I'd like to look at just a short little verse in the Bible, and I'd like to, us to, to see what God has for us this afternoon. It's 1 Peter 5 and verse 7. So what do you do with the cares of life that are just weighing you down? There are many things in this life that can trouble us and worry us and stress us out and make us anxious, and there always will be. Life is unpredictable. There are always going to be unexpected things that come up in our lives. Unexpected problems, unexpected burdens, unexpected cares. But what do we do with them? I think a lot of the time we let them get the best of us. We let them worry us, stress us out, keep us awake at night, wondering how we're ever going to get through it. Wondering how we're ever going to figure it all out. But God uses Peter here to give us a better way to deal with life's cares. In 1 Peter 5, 7, he says, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Let's pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that we can spend together around your word. And Lord, I thank you for the people of Grace Baptist Church. I just pray you would bless them and bless our time together this afternoon. And Lord, I can't see them, but I know you can, and you can see all of us. And I just pray you would bless this time and just help us to be a blessing. And just speak to us through your word, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. A popular, popular American preacher, poet, and theologian from back in the 1800s named Joseph Parker had a good word of advice for preachers. He used to say, preach often to those with troubled hearts. You know, there are a lot of people with troubled hearts, especially nowadays. With everything that's going on in the world today and in this country, 
with politics and with the economy the way it is, everything's more expensive. It's harder to get by. There's stress in the home, there's stress at work. And if you don't go along with all this stuff they're pushing on you nowadays, like with gay rights, gay marriage, and all this transgender stuff they're pushing on our kids and pushing on people in the schools and everywhere else. If you don't go along with it and say it's okay, then you're discriminated against too. A couple months ago, there was a hockey player. You may have heard of it. They played for the Philadelphia Flyers and they had this uh, gay pride uh, day or something. And they were wearing their warm-up jerseys as the gay pride uh, promotion for their team. And this one player wouldn't put it on. He said, no, I'm not going to do that. I believe it's wrong. And everybody was against him. The media was against him. And his, most of his team was against him. And everybody that talked about it seemed like they were against this guy. But at least his coach stood up for him. He said he didn't, this young man didn't do anything wrong. He stood up for his beliefs. You know, people are dealing with things today that they never even imagined a few years ago. But God doesn't want us to be stressed out and worried and anxious and troubled. He wants us to have peace. He wants us to have his peace. So what do we do with life's cares? Well, the verse we just read this afternoon is a verse for troubled believers. It's a verse for all of us. 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. This is a verse that I've quoted many times. It's a verse that we've heard over and over again. But I hope you won't just read over it and like so many other familiar verses in the Bible and just go on your way and forget about it. You know, sometimes when we've heard one of these really well-known verses so many times, we just kind of skim over it and we kind of take it for granted. We hardly even pay attention to it. But I'd like to look at this verse this afternoon and really think about what it's saying. I'll read it again. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. I'd like you to notice three things this afternoon that are in this verse and what this means for you and me. First of all, notice that you are in this verse. Peter says, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. You know, there's not much in this world that's personal anymore. This is the age of bigness and numbers. I miss the old hardware stores. They usually weren't very big, but they were packed with everything you needed, from screws or nails or plumbing parts to 22 shells or fishing line. We used to have this little hardware store in Onaway that had everything you could imagine. And there was always somebody there who knew right where everything was. He would take you right to that place of whatever you were looking for. He'd point it out and he'd show you. And if you didn't have it, he would order it for you or he'd tell you where else you could get it. And when you come into the store, he'd say hi and call you by your name and ask you how you're doing. Nowadays, you go into the, one of those big stores like Home Depot that have miles of aisles and 20 people standing around and you ask where something is and they'll say, aisle 16, way down there. You turn right, you go about a quarter mile and it's on the left-hand side. Or they'll just say, I don't know, somewhere down there. Or <laughs> Sometimes they'll come with you and help you find it. But if they don't have what you need, it's like, oh, well, I guess we don't have it. And they could care less what your name is. They have so many people coming and going all the time, it's like you're just a number to them. 
We used to have these little Mohawk gas stations here. I don't know if you had them up here in, uh, in Surrey or in Vancouver, but in Alberta, we had these Mohawk gas stations. We don't have them anymore, but uh, you could go into one of these Mohawk gas stations and buy your gas and you could buy your fishing license or your hunting license. And, and there was one I used to go to that's fairly close to home. And there was a guy that worked there and I'd go in there to buy my hunting license and he'd sit around and tell hunting stories and, and talk for a while and it was you could have a conversation with them. it was a friendly place it was a good place to go I used to enjoy going there but now you go to these these bigger stores and you go to buy your hunting license they just ask you what you're getting they punch in your numbers and they say that'll be 150 bucks next it's not the same but you know God knows you personally as an individual you're not just a number to God in some big computer he knows you by name he knows all about you. He knows your past, he knows your history, he knows your failures and your successes. And he knows about your present. He knows what you're going through today. And he knows about your future. He knows about what worries you. He knows about what keeps you awake at night. He knows everything about you. He says even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. You know, that's amazing to me. You know, when I think about the fact that God has the hairs of my head all numbered, I'm just amazed because the number of hairs on my head is changing every day. That tells me that God's thinking about me all the time. You're important to God. Your name is important to God. In John 10, verses 2 and 3, believers are called sheep, and Jesus is the great shepherd of the sheep. He says, But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. You know, even though Jesus always had great big crowds of people following him around and gathered around him, and even though he taught these large groups of people many times, the Bible tells us about many examples of Jesus knowing and caring for individual people. And a lot of times it was people that everyone else would just reject or overlook. In Luke chapter 19, there's a man named Zacchaeus. He was a man who had a need. And I believe he was a man who believed he couldn't be forgiven for things he had done. But he heard about Jesus coming through his town. So he ran ahead and he climbed up into a big tree to see Jesus. Because he was a short man that couldn't see over the crowds. He probably thought that he would just watch this famous Jesus, Jesus just walk on by but Jesus knew who he was. He knew he was up in that tree. He knew his name and he knew what he had done. He knew about all of his faults, and all of his sins, and he knew why he needed to be forgiven. So Jesus walked up to that tree and he called Zacchaeus by name. He told him to come down out of that tree for he's going to his house today. In Matthew chapter nine, there was a woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years. She had spent all her money going to all the doctors, trying to be healed of this disease, but they couldn't do anything for her. She just kept getting worse and worse. She had nowhere else to go. So she came to Jesus, thinking if she could just touch the hem of his garment, she might be healed. And as soon as she did, Jesus immediately recognized her. He knew who she was, he knew her problem, and he knew what she had done and why she did it. And he spoke to her in love and he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. 
Thy faith hath made thee whole. I love the story of the woman at the well. The Samaritan woman at the well in John chapter 4 thought Jesus was just another Jew who would have nothing to do with her. But she soon realized that he knew exactly who she was. He knew what she had been through in her life. He knew about the things she had done. And he knew what she needed. And he lovingly led her to him. And he actually went out of his way to meet her. He went where Jews would normally never go. You know, I believe if Jesus was here in the flesh today, he would be out in the streets of our cities, talking to people that most people would just pass by on the other side. I believe he would be out at places like Paul First Nation and other native communities where people have been rejected, overlooked, neglected, and he would minister to those people and care for those people because Jesus cares about individual people. You know, a lot of people don't expect anyone to care about them or to love them. Maybe because of things they have done in their life or the kind of life they've lived or just because of past discrimination, they just expect people to just brush them off. I had a young man come into our church one time several months ago and we had had a funeral for a relative of his and this young man hadn't been in church since he was a, a little boy and he had done some things in his life and he'd gotten himself in trouble and there was one time where he beat a man almost to death. He came into the church one Sunday morning and I saw him standing back by the door and so I walked up and shook his hand and he looked at me and he said, is it okay that I'm here? I said, absolutely. That's what we're here for, come on in. There was another time a lady showed up here on a Sunday morning. It was in the middle of winter. It was about 20 below out. and She had been kicked out of the house by her boyfriend and, and she had spent the night outside and, and she, would, she looked to be about seven or eight months pregnant and she wasn't dressed for the, the weather. I think she just had a little thin jacket on, if I remember right. She was freezing. She came here Sunday morning. She was here when we got here Sunday morning. So we let her in. We got brought her in the church. We got the heat going and of course, as soon as she warmed up, she laid down on the back pew and went right to sleep. She snored through the whole service. It was pretty distracting. You know, there would be a lot of churches and a lot of people who would be very uncomfortable with that. They wouldn't want to be around someone like that. I'm sure that in a lot of places there would be people looking over their shoulder and whispering about someone like that. But I can tell you, I'm glad she was here. I'm thankful that she thought she could come to us. I'm thankful that Sherry and I were able to take her someplace safe after the service. You know, Jesus cares about individual people, no matter who they are or what they've done. And as followers of Jesus, we need to care about them too. That doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It's kind of hard to love the guy that breaks into the church and makes a mess. The guy that steals the heaters and the speakers out of the church. We had our tablet stolen just this morning. But we are to love them anyways. If they come to our church, we need to welcome them, make them feel welcome. That doesn't mean we don't deal with things when we, we have the opportunity. Sometimes we have to stop them and say, hey, what's in the bag? 
but we need to welcome them and show them that we care because Jesus loves these guys too. You know, when I first started out here as pastor back in 2014 on Paul First Nation, we had an incident just before Christmas. We were, we were having our uh, Christmas service at the church and uh, we were having a Christmas dinner after the service. There was a white lady and another older white, white gentleman that came in and sat down in the back of the church during the service. And they came up to me after the service as we were starting to have a, a meal here. And, and I said, help yourself. There's lots of food up here. Have, grab some food. And she said, I'm with CBC News. I said, oh, well, that's okay. Have some food anyways. Everybody's welcome here, even the CBC. But uh, she said, no, I'd like to talk to you about that little girl that got attacked. So the night before, a young man, a 21-year-old man, had attacked a six-year-old girl, brutally attacked her, and molested her and beat her almost to death, left her in the snow to die. But she lived. We had prayer for her that morning in church, and this reporter came to, to ask us some questions about, you know, what we were doing and how we were praying for this girl. And so I said, well, if the people would like to talk to you, they're, they're welcome to talk to you. So she talked to one gentleman outside and then she came and asked me a couple questions. And, you know, as parents, especially as fathers, we would want to say, just put this guy out of his misery, string him up, get rid of him. But you know, even this young man, if he would come to the Lord Jesus and truly repent of his sin and trust in the Lord Jesus, he would forgive his sin and he would give him a home in heaven. Because Jesus cares about even that person. And you know, it doesn't matter what you've done either. It doesn't matter how you think you've failed your wife or your family or your church. He already knows and he cares about you. In 1 Peter 5, verse 7, Peter said, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Praise God, he cares about you. And he has time for you. And your cares are important to him. God cares for you. If you're troubled by cares and worries and anxiety today, you are in this verse. Then notice that all your cares are in this verse too. He said, casting all your care upon him. You know, there are many different kinds of cares in this life. There are all kinds of things that can get you down in the dumps if you don't keep your eyes on the Lord Jesus. There are cares about your family, cares about your children, about your wife or your husband, cares about your finances, cares about your future, your job, your security. There's cares about your health and the health of your family your mental health and their mental health, cares about politics, the economy, the future of this country. There's cares about wars and fighting and hatred. There's no end to the number of cares that can weigh you down in this life. But let me share something with you this afternoon that I hope will encourage you. Every single care that you're carrying today is in this verse. He didn't just say casting some of your cares on Jesus. He didn't say casting the really big cares on Jesus. And he didn't say casting just the little cares on Jesus. No, he said definitely 
casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. There's no reason in this world why any believer in Jesus Christ should be weighed down by the cares of this life. Cares that we hold on to are just roadblocks that stand in the way of God's blessings to us. When we give our cares to Jesus, we can experience the joy of the Lord. And we can keep going. We can keep serving him. We can get through anything. Nehemiah said in Nehemiah 8 and verse 10, The joy of the Lord is your strength. That's what keeps us going. And there's nothing that can drain you of your joy and your strength like worrying over cares and trials. For several years, a woman had been having trouble getting to sleep at night because she was afraid of burglars breaking into her house. One night, her husband heard a noise in the house, so he went downstairs to investigate. When he got there, he did find a burglar. Good evening, said the good man of the house. I'm happy to see you. Come upstairs with me and meet my wife. She's been waiting 10 years to meet you. So first, you are in this verse, and then all your cares are in this verse. And then third, and the most important is, Jesus is in this verse. Peter said, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. This is one of the most wonderful, joyful thoughts in this world. Think about it. Jesus, the creator of the universe, the possessor of heaven and earth, the one who holds all things together, cares about little old you and me. When I think about that, it just amazes me. You know, when the disciples asked the Lord Jesus to teach them to pray, he told them, when you pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You know, we should always start our prayers by thinking about who God is and thanking him for who he is and what he has done and what he's able to do. When you think about the creator of the universe, the creator of all things, the one who made the trees and the mountains and the rivers and the oceans and the lakes, the one who made the sun and the moon and the stars and all the planets and keeps them all rotating and revolving just at right, the right distance apart, the one who's able to do anything, the one who has all power, when you think about the fact that he cares about you personally, that he has you in his hand, what is there to worry about? You ever think about that? But the devil tries to get us to forget about that. He wants us to think that we're all alone here, but we're not alone. If you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your savior, he is with you, he is always with you. And not only does Jesus care for you like no one else does, but no one understands your cares like Jesus does. In fact, Jesus understands you in a way that no one else on earth could ever understand you. There was no one else that ever lived who was both God and human at the same time, only Jesus. As God, he has infinite love and care for you, and he has infinite knowledge of your situation. He knows what you're going through. He knows everything about you. As a man, he understands what you're going through because he's been here. He's been where you are. He has experienced all the same kinds of trials and problems and grief and struggles as you and I have. Not only does he know about everything you've been through in your life and everything you're going through now, but he understands it all too. He knows what it feels like to be discouraged, to be rejected, to feel like you're all alone, to face pain and suffering. That's why Jesus is the perfect one to take all your cares to, 
That's why he tells us, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. How do people get through the trials and the struggles and the pain of this life without him? Well, the truth is, a lot of people don't. These things can destroy people. I've seen it over and over again. We had a, a young couple that were here in this community. I've watched this young man grow up from a boy and become a man. At one time, he professed to accept the Lord Jesus as his savior, but he got back into the life of drinking and drugs and that whole life. And at one time he moved in with a young lady and they had three kids together. But because of the life they were living with the drugs and the alcohol, they couldn't keep their kids with them. In First Nations uh, community and with the, the programs they have with the government with them, there's a, uh, a program that's called a kinship program where if the kids have to be taken from the parents, if there's a stable home with a relative, then they, they let them go to be with the relative. So that's what they did in this situation. The, the kids, the three kids went to live with this young lady's mother in a community about an hour north of here. And they were there for several years. Uh, there was a time when this young couple were both trying to get off the drugs and the, get out of that whole life so they could get their kids back. And he was doing quite well. He was, he'd quit the drugs and he was trying to get off the drinking and he was, I think he would have made it there, but she just couldn't quit the drugs. She tried and tried, she just couldn't get off of them. Sherry and I used to give her rides up to that other community to see her kids. And the last time we took her up there was in December of 2019. She was so excited. She was gonna see her kids before Christmas and she was taking Christmas presents up to them and she was gonna see her mom and stepdad. And so we dropped her off up there. And as far as I know, that's the last time she saw her kids. That house burnt down in December of 2019 and her mom, her stepdad, and all three of her kids burned up in the fire. After that, both of them just went right off the rails. They, nothing mattered anymore. They didn't care if they lived or died. They hit the drugs and the booze harder than ever. It was heartbreaking to see it. This young man that I used to pick up and give rides to, and he used to love to talk to me, and now he only had one thought on his mind, getting his next fix. Praise the Lord, this young man just came to church for the first time in several years, just two weeks ago. I'm praying for him. There's always hope as long as he's still alive. But you know, without the Lord Jesus, there is no real hope. Just a couple months ago in January, we had a 14-year-old boy that shot himself, killed himself. That same family that lost this 14-year-old boy in January, about a year and a half, they lost a 17-year-old girl who also committed suicide. She jumped in front of a speeding freight train. We all need Jesus. We all need somewhere to take our burdens and our cares that weigh us down in this life. Are you being weighed down under a load of care today? Do you feel like you're being crushed under some heavy burden? If you do, then just take it to Jesus. Cast your care upon him because he cares about you. 
Maybe you say, well, what does it mean to cast our cares on Jesus? How can we cast our cares on him? Well, when I hear the word cast, I automatically think of fishing. You know, when you say you cast, you're casting your line out in the water, trying to catch a fish, right? You throw it away from you. You cast it out there. That's what we need to do with our cares. Are you distressed? Fling your cares out to the Lord. Are you discouraged today? Throw your discouragement out to the Lord. Are you in despair? Throw your desperation upon the Lord. Are you hurting today? Hurl your pain to the Lord. Are you afraid? Cast your fears to the Lord. Psalm 55 and verse 22 says, Cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. You know, we cast our burdens on the Lord by giving our cares over to God in prayer, by disciplining ourselves and by training ourselves to stop worrying about them, by actually believing that God will take care of them and trusting him to take care of them. It means that you stop the struggle and the stress and the worry because you're trusting in Jesus, really trusting him with everything. When you go through that door of faith, that's when you come into the house of peace. That's where our peace comes from. It's when we just leave it with Jesus and trust him to take care of it. You know, when he says, casting all your care upon him, he means cast it there and leave it there. Sometimes we don't have a problem with casting our cares on the Lord. Our problem is we want to keep reeling it back in, picking it up again. We need to cast all our cares on the Lord and just leave them there with him. And every time a new burden comes up or a new problem comes up, we need to, by faith, just cast it on the Lord and leave it with him. He has big shoulders. He can take it. And he knows a lot more about how to solve it than we do anyways. But it takes faith. It takes faith in God, in his perfect plan, in his goodness, in his wisdom to be able to cast our cares on Jesus. George Mueller once said, the beginning of anxiety is the end of faith, and the beginning of true faith is the end of anxiety. You know, sometimes we give God the little cares of life, but we keep on worrying and stressing about the big things in life. But you know, God can handle the big things in our life just as easily as the little things. We need to trust him with everything. I like what Corey Ten Boom wrote. She said, Somebody said to me, when I worry, I go to the mirror and I say to myself, this tremendous thing which is worrying me is beyond a solution. It is especially too hard for Jesus Christ to handle. After I have said that, I smile and am ashamed. You know, when we worry about our problems instead of giving them to Jesus, that's pretty much what we're saying too, that we don't believe Jesus can handle them. And we should be ashamed too. So how do we give our cares to Jesus? Well, in Philippians 4, Paul answers that question. In verses 6 and 7, it says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus.
we need to just bring it to the Lord and leave it with Him. You know, instead of worrying and feeling sorry for ourselves and going over and over these things in our minds, what someone did to us or what someone said about us or something we're going through in our life, we need to just pray for the grace to forgive and to leave it behind us and to just keep moving forward, to leave all these things with the Lord Jesus. Instead of worrying about our family members and the direction they're going or what's happening to them, what they're getting involved in, we need to ask God to step in and take care of them and work on their hearts. And we lift the burden off of our shoulders. There was a Sunday school song we used to sing that was called, Why Worry When You Can Pray? here in Philippians to pray with a thankful spirit. He says, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. That's the hard part. Being thankful for a problem or a trial, that's not natural. And yet, if you don't thank God, even in the trials, you're not really trusting God like you should. Because Romans 8, 28 promises us and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. If you really believe that, then by faith you can thank God ahead of time for how he's going to work it all out and use it together for good. And when we take that final step of faith and thank God for our trouble or care, that's when it leads to the promise in verse 7. And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. My friends, let Jesus have your cares today. Give them to Jesus in prayer with a thankful, trusting spirit. And the one who cared enough to save us from our sins will take care of all your cares. Charles Weigel was an evangelist and a singer-songwriter. One night after a revival meeting, he returned home to find a note from his wife saying she no longer, longer wanted to be a preacher's wife and she left him with their small daughter. He became so despondent during the next several years that there were times when he even contemplated suicide. He felt a terrible despair that no one really cared for him anymore. One day as he was walking by the ocean in Florida, the enemy inside his head said, no one cares for you, not your wife, not God, no one. Why don't you just end it all? Suddenly the Holy Spirit broke in and told him that no one cares for you like Jesus. He turned around and rushed back to his room. He sat down at his piano and within minutes, he had the music and the lyrics to his song. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. And it's a song that has helped many people over the years. The chorus goes like this. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. There's no other friend so kind as he. No one else could take the sin and darkness from me. Oh, how much he cares for me. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.